This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Man Alive by G. K. Chesterton. Section 8. Part 1. The Enigmas of Innocent Smith. Chapter 4. The Garden of the God. Part 2. The circle broke, as all such perfect circles of levity must break, and sent its author Michael flying as by centrifugal force, far away against the blue rails of the gate. When reeling there he suddenly raised shout after shout of a new and quite dramatic character. "'Why, it's Warner!' he shouted, waving his arms. "'It's jolly old Warner, with a new silk hat and the old silk moustache.' "'Is that Dr. Warner?' cried Rosamond, bounding forward in a burst of memory, amusement, and distress. "'Oh, I am so sorry. Do tell him it's all right.' "'Let's take hands and tell him,' said Michael Moon. For, indeed, while they were talking, another handsome cab had dashed up behind the one already waiting, and Dr. Herbert Warner, leaving a companion in the cab, had carefully deposited himself on the pavement. "'Now, when you are an eminent physician,' and are wired for by an heiress to come to a case of dangerous mania, and when, as you come in through the garden to the house, the heiress and her landlady and two of the gentlemen boarders join hands and dance round you in a ring, calling out, It's all right, it's all right, you're apt to be flustered and even displeased. Dr. Warner was a placid, but hardly a placable person. The two things are by no means the same and even when Moon explained to him that he, Warner, with his high hat and tall, solid figure, was just such a classic figure as ought to be danced round by a ring of laughing maidens on some old golden Greek seashore, even then he seemed to miss the point of the general rejoicing. "'Englewood!' cried Dr. Warner, fixing his former disciple with a stare. "'Are you mad?' Arthur flushed to the roots of his brown hair, but he answered easily and quietly enough, not now. The truth is, Warner, I've just made a rather important medical discovery, quite in your line. What do you mean? asked the great doctor stiffly. What discovery? I've discovered that health really is catching, like disease, answered Arthur. Yes, sanity has broken out and is spreading, said Michael, performing a pot soul with a thoughtful expression. Twenty thousand more cases taken to the hospitals, nurses employed night and day. Dr. Warner studied Michael's grave face and lightly moving legs with an unfathomed wonder. And is this, may I ask, the sanity that is spreading? You must forgive me, Dr. Warner, cried Rosamond Hunt hardly. I know I've treated you badly, but indeed it was all a mistake. I was in a frightfully bad temper when I sent for you, and now it all seems like a dream and Mr. Smith is the sweetest, most sensible, most delightful old thing that ever existed, and may he marry anyone he likes, except me. I should suggest Mrs. Duke, said Michael. The gravity of Dr. Warner's face increased. He took a slip of pink paper from his waistcoat pocket with his blue pale eyes quietly fixed on Rosamond's face all the time. He spoke with a not inexcusable frigidity. Really, Miss Hunt, he said, you are not yet very reassuring. You sent me this wire only half an hour ago. Come at once, if possible, with another doctor. Man, Innocent Smith, 
gone mad on premises and doing dreadful things do you know anything of him i went round at once to a distinguished colleague of mine a doctor who is also a private detective and an authority on criminal lunacy and he has come round with me and is waiting in the cab now you calmly tell me that this criminal madman is a highly sweet sane old thing with accompaniments that set me speculating on your own definition of sanity i hardly comprehend the change oh how can one explain a change in sun and moon and everybody's soul cried rosamund in despair must i confess we had got so morbid as to think him mad merely because he wanted to get married and that we didn't even know it was only because we wanted to get married ourselves we'll humiliate ourselves if you like doctor we're happy enough where is mr smith asked warner of inglewood very sharply arthur started he had forgotten all about the central figure of their farce who had not been visible for an hour or more i think he's on the other side of the house by the dustbin he said he may be on the road to russia said warner but he must be found and he strode away and disappeared round a corner of the house by the sunflowers i hope said rosamond he won't really interfere with mr smith interfere with the daisies said michael with a snort a man can't be locked up for falling in love at least i hope not no i think even a doctor wouldn't make a disease out of him he'd throw off the doctor like the disease don't you know i believe it's a case of a sort of holy well i believe innocent smith is simply innocent and that is why he is so extraordinary it was rosamond who spoke restlessly tracing circles in the grass with the point of her white shoe i think said inglewood that smith is not extraordinary at all he's comic just because he's so startlingly commonplace don't you know what it is to be all one family circle with aunts and uncles when a schoolboy comes home for the holidays that bag there on the cab is only a schoolboy's hamper this tree here in the garden is only the sort of tree that any schoolboy would have climbed guess that's the thing that has haunted us all about him the thing we could never fit a word to whether he is my old school fellow or no at least he is all my old school fellows he is the endless bun-eating ball-throwing animal that we have all been that is only you absurd boys said diana i don't believe any girl was ever so silly and i'm sure no girl was ever so happy except and she stopped i will tell you the truth about innocent smith said michael moon in a low voice dr warner has gone to look for him in vain he is not there haven't you noticed that we never saw him since we found ourselves he was an astral baby born on all four of us he was only our own youth returned long before poor old warner had clambered out of his cab the thing we called smith had dissolved into dew and light on this lawn once or twice more by the mercy of god we may feel the thing but the man we shall never see in a spring garden before breakfast we shall smell the smell called smith in the snapping of brisk twigs in tiny fires we shall hear a noise named smith everything insatiable and innocent in the grasses that gobble up the earth like babies at a bun feast in the white mornings that split the sky as a boy splits up white firewood we may feel for one instant the presence of an impetuous purity but his innocence was too close to the unconsciousness of inanimate things not to melt back at a mere touch 
into the mild hedges and heavens he he was interrupted from behind the house by a bang like that of a bomb almost at the same instant the stranger in the cab sprang out of it leaving it rocking upon the stones of the road he clutched the blue railings of the garden and peered eagerly over them in the direction of the noise he was a small loose yet alert man very thin with a face that seemed made out of fish bones and a silk hat quite as rigid and resplendent as warner's but thrust back recklessly on the hinder part of his head murder he shrieked in a high and feminine but very penetrating voice stop that murder there even as he shrieked a second shot shook the lower windows of the house and with the noise of it dr herbert warner came flying round the corner like a leaping rabbit yet before he had reached the group a third discharge had deafened them and they saw with their own eyes two spots of white sky drilled through the second of the unhappy herbert's high hats the next moment the fugitive physician fell over a flower-pot and came down on all fours staring like a cow the hat with the two shot holes in it rolled upon the gravel path before him and innocent smith came round the corner like a railway train he was looking twice his proper size a giant clad in green the big revolver still smoking in his hand his face sanguine and in shadow his eyes blazing like all stars and his yellow hair standing out always like Peters. though this startling scene hung but an instant in stillness inglewood had time to feel once more what he had felt when he saw the other lovers standing on the lawn the sensation of a certain cut and coloured clearness that belongs rather to the thing of art than to the things of experience the broken flower-pot with its red-hot geraniums the green bulk of smith and the black bulk of warner the blue spiked railings behind clutched by the stranger's yellow vulture claws and peered over by his long vulture neck the silk hat on the gravel and the little cloudlet of smoke floating across the garden as innocently as the puff of a cigarette all these seemed unnaturally distinct and definite they existed like symbols in an ecstasy of separation indeed every object grew more and more particular and precious because the whole picture was breaking up things looked so bright just before they burst long before his fancies had begun let alone ceased arthur had stepped across and taken one of smith's arms simultaneously the little stranger had run up the steps and taken the other smith went into peals of laughter and surrendered his pistol with a perfect willingness moon raised the doctor to his feet and then went leaned suddenly on the garden gate the girls were quiet and vigilant as good women mostly are in instants of catastrophe but their faces showed that somehow or other a light had been dashed out of the sky the doctor himself when he had risen collected his hat and his wits and dusting himself down with an air of great disgust turned to them in brief apology he was very white with his recent panic but he spoke with perfect self-control you will excuse us ladies he said my friend and mr inglewood are both scientists in their several ways i think we had better all take mr smith indoors and communicate with you later and under the guard of the three natural philosophers the disarmed smith was led tactfully into the house still roaring with laughter from time to time during the next twenty minutes his distant boom of mirth could again be heard through the half-open window but there came no echo of the quiet voices of the physicians the girls walked about the garden together rubbing up each other's spirits as best they might 
Michael Moon still hung heavily against the gate. Somewhere about the expiration of that time Dr. Warner came out of the house with a face less pale and even more stern, and the little man with the fishbone face advanced gravely in his rear. And if the face of Warner in the sunlight was that of a hanging judge, the face of the little man behind was more like a death's head. "'Miss Hunt,' said Dr. Herbert Warner, "'I only wish to offer you my warm thanks and admiration. By your prompt courage and wisdom in sending for us by wire this evening, you have enabled us to capture and put out of mischief one of the most cruel and terrible of the enemies of humanity, a criminal whose plausibility and pitilessness have never before been combined in flesh.' Rosamond looked across at him with a white, blank face and blinking eyes. "'What do you mean?' she asked. "'You can't mean Mr. Smith.' "'He has gone by many other names,' said the doctor gravely, "'and not one did he not leave to be cursed behind him. "'That man, Miss Hunt, has left a track of blood and tears across the world. "'Whether he is mad as well as wicked, "'we are trying in the interests of science to discover.' In any case, we shall have to take him to a magistrate first, even if only on the road to a lunatic asylum. But the lunatic asylum in which he is confined will have to be sealed with a wall within a wall, and ringed with guns like a fortress, or he will break out again to bring forth carnage and darkness on the earth. Rosamond looked at the two doctors, her face growing paler and paler. Then her eyes strayed to Michael, who was leaning on the gate but he continued to lean on it without moving, with his face turned away toward the darkening road. End of chapter 4